Our scripture lesson for today is taken from the New Testament Gospel of Luke, the 11th chapter, verses 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place, and when he ceased, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Give each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give you anything because he is a friend. Yet, because of his importunity, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who knocks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be open. What father among you, if his son asks you for a fish, will instead give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you. For your spirit is here. And we sense your goodness your faithfulness, and your love. Be with us that we might receive whatever it is you have for us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. When I arrived here this morning, I, I had many conversations, uh, mostly about how bright my shirt is. Um, but a couple of conversations I want to speak to. Someone said to me, I saw in the bulletin that you're speaking on prayer. I don't know the fancy words and the flashy things to say. I just talk to God. And I said to that person, I think you should get up and preach today. Because that's exactly what I want to say. And, and someone else said to me, you know, I saw what you're preaching on today. And I want to share with you that... 
I grew up in a tradition that didn't teach us how to pray. We learned prayers. We learned rote prayers and we recited prayers and that was foundational for us. But I, I never learned to pray on my own. So I'm hoping today you will teach us how to pray. When I was a little boy, I remember the very first prayer that I learned. My mother taught me. And there's different renditions of this, but this is how the one I learned before bedtime. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I, I felt like mom was sort of wanting me to have that assurance or that, that connection with God that, that even as a little boy, should I be looking at eternity that I had an understanding. I visited, visited somebody in the hospital recently from this church. Someone I see all the time here in church and, and greet all the time and didn't have any particular spiritual relationship beyond that. And I went to the hospital uh, knowing that this person was having some serious health needs. And I, I walk in and she sees me and she says, I've been waiting for you. We need to pray. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, she needs prayer. Uh, let's just, let's get to the nitty gritty. Let's pray. And I walked in and before I could say a word, she reached out to me and had her, had her hand on my face. And she said, I've been waiting for you to pray for you. And, and I was speechless. And she prayed. She said, Lord, bless him. For, for they, us, take care of so many people. Bless them and encourage them. And I, I felt like I had received her blessing. And I felt that. Our scripture today has the disciples asking Jesus uh, to teach them uh, how to pray. One thing I learned young in life is that I could talk to my mom and dad. And the, the image I had for you today was that my dad and I could talk for hours, mostly about baseball, but we could talk about a lot of things. And, and for me, prayer has become like that, uh, like, like talking uh, to my dad and sharing all that's on my heart. Last night, Debbie and I attended a retirement party for a very good friend of ours who, who had a gathering of uh, people, mostly from one of our former churches. Um, and and uh, one conversation I had there, when, when, uh, when he, the, the fellow who retired got up and, and shared about how his wife was his best friend, or she shared he was best friend, I forgot what it was. 
um, the person sitting next to me at the time said, you know, I would say that too, but my dad isn't my best friend. My dad is like my second best friend. My best friend is my mom. And she says, you know, moms sometimes have a hard time understanding they could be a best friend. And she said, I, I invite my mom with me to go shopping or whatever. And she says, really, you want to take me? Wouldn't you rather take some of your friends? And she said, no, mom, you are my best friend. I want to go with you. It's those kind of relationships. And whether those be parents or grandparents or a mentor or a Sunday school teacher, it's in those conversations when we could be open and honest. Those are the conversations that lend me to think about what prayer is. Scripture says we can refer to God as daddy. Uh, of course, we, we often think in more formal terms about coming before the throne of God. We have, by example, our scripture today that gives us the Lord's Prayer. Um, and, and that is a model for a complete prayer. But if we just have that conversation and approach the Lord in those terms, like daddy or mom or Sunday school teacher, and talk, I think prayer doesn't need to be any more complex than that. We talk to God and we understand God and God understands us. A theologian that I read this week in preparation for this sermon actually said, we treat the Lord's Prayer, this prayer, uh, like it's the introductory prayer, like it's the model that you teach somebody how to pray by saying, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, and the step-by-step -step of all the things included in prayer. And this theologian said, no, that prayer comes later. We find it in the gospel later, after the, the elementary teachings. He said this in that book. He said a basic sinner's prayer, an introductory prayer, uh, a confirmation class prayer, a prayer where we invite God to help us as we grow and where we choose to follow God. That would be the best prayer. He said something like this. And, and in our Tuesday afternoon class, studying Billy Graham's book, Nearing Home, he says this is the elementary beginning prayer. Something like this. Pray this to yourself as you hear this. Oh God, I know I am a sinner and I am sorry. Sorry for my sins and I want to turn them from them. I trust Jesus Christ as my Savior. I confess him as my Lord and invite him to come into my life today. From this moment on, I want to make him the foundation of my life and serve him and follow him in the fellowship of his church. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. This prayer offered by Graham in chapter 8 of our book. But I want to offer some other things as well. 
in our progression of stories in the Gospel of Luke. We, we go from the beginning, if you just thumb through the Gospel of Luke as we have been uh, by lectionary in the Gospel of Luke the last few weeks, um, <clears throat> it begins with the birth of Jesus, Jesus as a boy, the calling of his disciples, and then the, the elementary beginning teachings and, and uh, introductory understanding of prayer and God and so forth. And then it goes on to deeper and deeper things where he, he's preparing them for his death. He's preparing them for life after his presence with them. And he gets into the more meatier things. And we have seen here, uh, the lawyer asked him a question about eternal life. And he answers that. You'll remember by teaching them about who is my neighbor? And then that's followed by Mary and Martha and, and the basic understanding of what is the better thing. And then moving on to prayer where the disciples are saying, we want to learn to pray like the disciples of John the Baptist. They, they seem to get into it. And their prayers seem to be a lot like your prayers when you go off by yourself and you pray. We want to pray like that. Sort of like, I want to pray beyond the rote prayer or those foundational prayers that are so important, but I want to pray more like that also. Joshua was 110 years old at the end of his life. After being the right hand of Moses for so many years, and then when Moses was unable to continue, Joshua led the people out of their 40-year wandering in the wilderness into the promised land, and they settled in the promised land. Scripture tells us that when Joshua was 110 years old, he gathered his family and he reviewed their history. Not their, their history as a traveling people, not their political history, not, not those kinds of history. He reviewed their faith history. And he said, God has been with us. We failed God, remember when this and that happened? And we turned from God, remember when this and that? But God was faithful and God was with us and God saw us through. And so he concludes that conversation with his family when he said that expression that many people have on plaques in their households. He said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. E. Stanley Jones, and we've talked about E. Stanley Jones on our Tuesday study as well. He uh, was a missionary in India, and he, he tells a story about uh, a missionary in Africa who was out in the jungle, and he became lost. But he, but he had his, his guides with him, and he said to them, one of them, I've lost, I'm lost, I've lost the path. And the guide says, well, I will take you, follow me. And the guide began working his way through the jungle. And it was like a half an hour just through the jungle, and there was no path. And, and E. Stanley Jones says the missionary was frustrated and said, we've been walking for a half an hour, and I don't see the path. And the guide simply said this, Buana, here in the jungle there is no path. I am the path. And following him, they found their way back uh, to where they, they wanted to go. 
Maybe we need to simply hear those words. Buana. Here in the jungle, there is no path. I am path. And the Lord is saying to us, as we move our way through life with its ups and downs, there becomes that basic time where we learn we have to trust in God. And we teach the children the prayers. We teach children to pray before going to bed. We tell of our life stories and we share. And the good news is when Cody, when that faith has become real for him and he calls grandpa and says, reading the Bible has got me through. Reading the Bible is leading me to a, a different place. I wouldn't be so surprised to know that God has a calling on Cody's life, that we will yet to see uh, what will happen. Here's what I want you to take from today. Yesterday, as Debbie and I were driving to that retirement, I was sharing with her what I was going to preach about today. And one of the things I said is that it's just amazing that on the day that I was ordained, and, and Sandy and Steve can probably speak to this too, as well as some of you retired pastors. On the day that I was ordained, something amazing happened. All of a sudden, everybody else in my life, the ability to pray was sucked out of their lives. <laughs> and every single time there was a gathering and a prayer needed to happen, oh, Gary, would you lead us in prayer? We, we don't go to a committee meeting at all in this church that we don't lead in prayer because that, that phenomenon has happened. The ability to pray has been sucked out of all of you. <laughs> so Debbie and I were talking about that, laughing about that. She said the same thing. The, the day she married a pastor is the last time anybody else said a prayer at the table. Uh, when she goes to lunch with her friends, Debbie's always the one praying. So we walked into this retirement thing and we taken two steps into the building. Gary, Debbie, so good to see you. Will you lead the prayer? <laughs> but Joshua spoke to his family. And by speaking of the things of God, his family learned. When you have prayer with your children, or grandchildren, when you model prayer. And, and uh, when you model prayer, then they see that prayer is important to you and, and works in your life. Actually, somebody put me in my place last night at the, at the, the gathering. I was uh, jokingly saying, well, you know, yeah, I knew I was going to say the prayer tonight just because that always happens. And somebody said, no, Gary, you need to understand something. When a pastor comes into a room, Sometimes it's out of respect or you think they expect to be asked. So many of us can pray, but we think you pastors have a need to be asked, so we ask you. <laughs> the power of prayer. Whether it's those rote prayers that are foundational that remind you of the presence of God or whether that's coming before the throne of God in a more formal way, or whether it's just taking Jesus by the hand 
and saying, Daddy, this is what's bothering me. This is what I'm afraid to face. This is why I'm crying. Daddy, I'm fearful. And we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. Our passage today, after all of that, it ends with, if we ask for the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will be given to us. Let us seek the Spirit of God. Ask, seek, knock. All those words used in our passage today that all say this. We look for the Lord. The Lord is there to be found. We seek the Lord. We trust the Lord. We walk with the Lord. The Lord will walk with us. That is our peace. That is our assurance. That's our story. Amen.